Easy world, what up world? This is your man Ant Boogie. Don't worry about the name, get used to the voice. It's a new day, it's a new day. It's a new opportunity, it's a new minute, it's a new hour, it's a new week. And therefore, it is a new episode of Keeping the Tower. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your man Ant Boogie. Don't worry about the name, get used to the voice. And I am here in the ring with you and hopefully you still kept your towel. And ladies and gentlemen, man, it is Father's Day. So, we got some people who's gonna be in the building. This is the Why I Kept My Towel edition. Father's Day edition as fathers triumphs also some letdowns as fathers we're gonna get a chance to vibe with them so ladies and gentlemen I got an incredible guest in the building with me brother who I've known for a long time got a chance to go ahead and do some shows with him for a minute the brother got a voice my man Mr. Sam Martin in the building good day yes, sir. Sir. Yes, sir yes sir yes sir good day how are you doing I'm doing well I'm doing well brother how you do thank you thank you for joining me here in the ring of keeping the towel mm-hmm. and brother um man it's so good to see you haven't seen you in such a long long it's time ladies wild, and gentlemen. Man. yeah i've even added another uh alias samuel red beard martin you know what i'm saying red yes beard. Yeah, yeah 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 bro you definitely got the beard going yeah <laughs> like man the brother normally he's clean cut but he got the beard going this time so yeah i'll, I'll, I'll accept it that's the covid beard brother that's hey, the COVID beard. everybody's blaming covid now <laughs> i was told to keep it you know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm just following directions i see you so man brother thank you so much for joining me and i love to just talk with brothers who had to go through that phase of fathers mm-hmm. and everything. So before we get into it, just tell me a little about yourself. I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, moved here a while back. So I claim, I definitely claim Atlanta also. Moved here because my grandfather, I have a strong base because my grandfather was a civil rights leader. He was actually in the room next door to Martin Luther King's when he was shot in Memphis. And he did all that. He did a lot of behind the scenes work even so much so that at his funeral, Andy Young sat me down and talked to me. We were in the Morehouse Chapel because my grandfather's funeral was at Morehouse. And um, Andy Young sat me down for 15 minutes during the funeral while they were out there doing it and told me all the stuff that my grandfather was doing and how, how valuable he was to the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, anyway, also we're talking about fathers, and that's one of, my, that's one of the people who I look a great, great role model. But we moved here uh, to Atlanta um, uh, after my mom and dad divorced and um, went to um, three high schools. <laughs> but all during this time, I, uh, you know, I was, I was playing ball, um, singing, uh, doing music, doing a lot of stuff, man. So, yeah, that's just I have uh, three girls. And so, yes, that that has been uh, that has been very interesting uh, <laughs> in, in itself, in itself. So yeah, so that's that's about me, man. That's a, me in a quick nutshell. You mentioned your grandfather, your father and mom. They divorced. Mm-hmm. What memories do you have of your father? My father, he was a cool dude. <laughs> he is a cool dude. He was fun to be around. I gather he he loved he loved his family. The memories, the memories were he was there. When I when I look back, and he didn't do a lot. <laughs> you know, you and you want to. I don't want to cast a, a shadow. And you know, uh, I had a mother who, like a lot of mothers, did not cast a, a negative shadow on him. So, but yeah, he was he was there until I was like 
10. And then he was kind of in and out of my life. Didn't really, he didn't really seek to be with us. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe my mother might have, I don't know, maybe a week or two in the summertime, we would see him when we moved to Atlanta. And I want to say even when we were in Arkansas for the year, year and a half before we uh, moved and they were divorced, we didn't see him a whole lot. I don't remember a whole lot about uh, spending spending a lot of time with him. So, you know, that's just that's just what it is. Those are my memories. Right. With the time that you did get a chance to spend with him and growing older now, well, mm-hmm. still as a young man, I should say, but into yourself, grandfather, you, you highlighted him. Mm-hmm. What was that like? What was he like in your life? Um, he was pretty amazing. First of all, he was an amazing father for his three daughters. It was nothing that he wouldn't do for them. He was involved from the get-go. Even when his when my grandmother went away to get her advanced degrees, he combed his daughter's hair and he did all he he took care of business. Uh, and so I, I learned I learned a lot of love from him and just the way that he went about things and then he was a great man period so to watch it's different to watch when you're able to watch people on a platform so so he had a platform and to listen to him give speeches and people seek his opinion and then go home and him talk about the sports and how many chickens he's going to cook and, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it was just so you get to see. And with him, I learned that it's funny. I always think about this. Back in the day, we used to, when a man crossed his legs, some people would want to say, you know, that's, oh, that's, you know, that's funny. That's not manly. But then I would see him and some of his frat brothers, a powerful room of people speaking on amazing things. And then they sit back down and cross their legs and be comfortable. I said, oh, so it's not about, that's just, that's not about sexuality. You know, it's crossing his legs is just comfortable, and it's a power position. You know, and, and, and I know there's nothing to do with this, but it's just, just something that internally took me to a place where I, to, of, of, of a point of understanding, you know, of manhood. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was I, I, learned, I, I learned just visually, visually watching him. So you would say that because of him, you understood a great example of manhood. Oh, definitely. 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 Um, like I said, the way he took care of the household, um, how broad he was. He was. Uh, he, he grew up being a, a musician. He used to be on the radio. He used to do like a, a, in a little quartet or a trio, either, either a trio or a quartet. And they used to be on the radio every week. And he talked. He talk, he'd, like, you know, like our man Jonathan, we talk about, well, his voice was deeper than Jonathan's. Whoa. Yeah. And he was, and he, he was really profound when he spoke, man. It was just like, oh my God. Like you just had to listen. And then he had something to say too. So, um, yeah, I learned, I just, he held a, a major part of my life. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him. As you were able to grow into yourself. Mm-hmm. Your grandfather is showing you, hey, this is what manhood is, without even saying, hey, let me show you. He's just, you're just watching the example. Right. And everything. Was there a time 
that you looked at him and you thought to yourself, I want to be like that guy? Definitely. I wanted to be like him because he had something to say and people valued his word. I mean, when he was in the room, people stopped talking. And it's funny, he would go when we were, when he was older, we would go out to eat. And it'd be like Father's Day or Mother's Day, whatever, whatever day that we, uh, we, we, the family was out. We were in, 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 we were in the restaurant. And he would get up from the table and just wander through the restaurant and just stop at a random table full of white people. It'd be like 12 white people. And he just put his hand on someone's shoulder. And they look at him, and also he automatic, automatically got respect. And they look at him, and he'd be like, I was there at the Pettus Bridge when we had the cross. And I was there in the room next to Martin. When, and they would, they would just shut the hell up. Whatever they were saying, it's in the church or a convention or even a meeting. He's walking up the tables of people he has never met before and just taken over the vibe. And so, and so he was just really uh, an interesting, really an interesting person. Yeah. From there now, as little Sam has grown into teenager, Mm -hmm. explain what was from your teenage years and going into your young adult years. Mm -hmm. Granddad, what was his role now? What was the, the force of his role now? Your life. I didn't want to disappoint him. That was the force of his role. I was, I was in the streets, or I saw what was happening in the streets. Uh, I saw the drugs and the robbing and the, you know. I also had a base. Uh, I also knew from where I came, from whence I came. I knew um, what was expected of me. Did and your grandfather tell you? What no, was expected? not ever. <laughs> not ever. He never sat me down and said, look, Sam, this is who I am or this is who we are. No, I just knew. I knew, you know what? Maybe I didn't know what was expected of me, but I knew what not to do. You know, I knew what was what I was expected not to be a part of. You know, trouble. Don't, don't disappoint your family. You have, we're bringing you, trying to bring you up in such a way that uh, to give you a chance and don't take it away from yourself, you know, by doing something ignorant or stupid. But if you do that, we're still going to be behind you. Uh, but don't do it. <laughs> right. right. Once you come into that space of your upbringing with him, mm-hmm. and clearly you hold him in, in esteem value, mm-hmm. did he even have an impact around those, like, your peers and everything? That's crazy because he... He was everything to my friends. Hmm. Uh, I have friends today that still call him dad and uh, remember the stories. Like my grandfather was a person that I wouldn't even be over his house and my friends would stop by to see him. You know, they looked forward forward to hearing his wisdom, his knowledge, uh, his laughter, his stories. Yeah. So he impacted Everyone, all of my friends who 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 uh, ever spent any time uh, in his presence. And normally you don't hear that with those when it comes to the elderly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, <clears throat> oh, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Right. But 
I think when you hear a man who marched and was literally in the next room at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, what, 1968, right. yeah. Yeah, I think I want to listen to everything you got to say, to be honest exactly. with you. So that is, that's incredible. So let's go to, to you now as you've come through life for your first child. What was that like? What was that, a O-ish moment or, okay, explain how that was. Okay, so let me say something that you probably don't know. My first child I didn't know about. Until she was 15. Get out of here. So while, so the two children that you know of, there's an older one. And I uh, met her mother in college and um, we were dating and we had a, a discussion. It was funny. We had a just a random discussion on if she were to get pregnant. And I said, oh, well, if you were to get pregnant, we would, um, the baby, I would want the baby exposed. I want, I want the baby to know about life and about her environment. And uh, I would teach her everything from what's happening in the streets to what's happening in the suburbs to everything. I wanted her to know. I wanted her to be, you know, be of knowledge. And she said, well, no, I, want, I would want our child or my child to be cuddled and hidden away from from the world like that. I would just want her to, you know, raise her up that way. Um, and I said, oh, okay, well, we don't really match. <laughs> we don't really have the same, you know, outlook. And so uh, forward to a year later, she was pregnant, and she told me it wasn't mine. And uh, we weren't together. Uh, she told me it wasn't mine. She said uh, she had met someone. And, you know, me being in college, <laughs> you are not the father, right? <laughs> you know, so I run, yeah, yeah, no, no, But uh, now, mind you, I was ready to take. I mean, you know, I'm gonna do my duty, but she said it wasn't mine, so I didn't think anything else of it. You know, and uh, maybe 13 years later, I got a call, and it 13, wasn't from her. 13 years later, call from the from her mother, her mother and her sister, who I knew from college too. And uh, she said, um, "Your child's mother, my child's mother's mother, and her sister, and her gotcha. sister, okay. and and so uh, saying that we think such and such child is yours." And I was like, "Well, no, she has the father. No, no, they've tested. It's not him. We think it's yours. It looks. She even looks like you." I said, "Wow, you know. Well, are you going to? How's this going to happen? Because the child's mother is not going to want to." go through with this. I know she's feeling some kind of way. And um, so it took like two years of talking it out. So now she's 15. I met her when she was 15 on stage. I was on stage. I was in an opera and I invited her, her grandmother and her mother's sister to come see me perform. And then I can meet her after the show. And that's how I met her, Nikia. Yep. Wow. That's, how I met, that's how I met my first daughter. And so from there, of course, it's been some struggles because I don't know her. And I met her at 15 when she was, I mean, she had already 
teenager. She's already formed as right, exactly, exactly. She had an outlook on the world, working. It wasn't totally formed, but you know, it was definitely uh, being hatched. And so, uh, we've we've been through some ups and downs. Currently, we are on. We're still learning each other. Uh, currently, we are on what I would call a strong upswing, and I don't see it getting going down anymore. Like, I think we've made it, we're grown, and we are dealing with each other in that space. Maybe if we have some conversations, or I don't know if that'll ever come back up, if we need to talk about what happened, the truth. I really don't know. I don't know how much of the truth she has been told from her mom, from, I don't know. I don't know. And that's some stuff that um, that I haven't, even though it's been a while now, I haven't really delved into uh, that with her because I just want us to be in the now. I ain't all that up. I'm not angry. I just want, I want us to be, I want to know my daughter. I, I want us to be now. I want us to form a bond that I have the bond of I sat in daddy's lap. I don't, I don't have that bond. And so I want to form that, you know, I, I mean, and I'm not going to get that, but you know, I, I'm, I want to form a bond. You said something poignant that to get to get her at the age that she was when you were at an opera. Take me back to when you saw her. You're done with the show. You're on a singer's high. Folks, if you don't know what that is, you would never inquire. I'm telling you. <laughs> There's that singer's high when you finally hit that high note like, what? I did it? So, yeah. But um, you, you did it. And now, after the show, after everything... This young teenager mm-hmm. is walking towards you. What goes through Mr. Martin's mind? No, I was like uh, Star Wars. Luke, I am your father. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I was. I was like, hey, I am your father. You just saw what I do. And I just, uh, she looked like my father's mother. So the first thing I was like, yeah, good possibility that's mine. <laughs> But there's not too many other things that can go through your mind except to be calm, be inviting. So that's what I did. I just, just real mellow, just, hey, how you doing? I'm Samuel. Uh, Nice to meet you. And that's all you can do for the initial, I mean, there's nothing else. It's not like I got to go and have dinner with them then and, or, you know, take her back with me and keep it for two weeks so you know it was just a meeting that's all it was uh but it was i'm glad i'm, I'm glad it happened wow so as you said it's on the upswing mm-hmm. and so forth we're gonna we're gonna get in to yeah. that and everything so take me to with your second and third child so now you saw the first one mm-hmm. it's like all right I'm dad now we bring in two other little ones right so right now <clears throat> sam is a dad, dad, dad. No, so where did it hit you that oh crap, I'm a dad, I'm a father. Like oh yeah, where did where and how did it hit you? Uh, when I was just holding holding the baby, and it wasn't like a, some people say the immediately like like the first time I like I knew I was a father. I'm holding my child, uh, but when you're sitting there and it's just you baby and you're changing the diaper and you're trying to figure out what the baby needs because the baby can't talk 
So now you're just guessing. You're giving the best <laughs> guess. And and you're and you're and you're and you're not a mother. Uh, and I guess not to say that fathers can't do this because that's what we do. Thank you. We do it too. Now don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not always it's not always explained to us beforehand, or it's not. How can I say it? Like women. Little girls play, they grow up playing dolls uh, yep. and playing mom yep, yep. and doing all that. So, uh, we're not that. We were, we're, we, we we're, had, we we're, we're not that. Right, exactly. We're, we're not that. So, so we figure it out, but we, but we do it. It can be done, uh, definitely daily. So, uh, and I, I, I need to, I need to work towards a way to give her things that I didn't have and, show her a better life and make some things easier for her and just be here for her. And that's, and so that's what I, 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 a lot of things, a lot of things that some of my friends talk about, you know, you be, want to be there for your, for your child, especially for those of us who didn't have fathers there really. Now you have these kids and so you have three mm -hmm. and if you could just run their ages, 26, 18, seven. Okay. So, yeah, I remember when you had the little one. So, you said with your eldest that it was in the upswing. Talk to me about the triumphs and challenges, particularly the challenges of fatherhood. And the reason why I ask that, because we don't really hear that in society, mm -hmm. particularly in the black community. We really okay. don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We just hear more of like, all right, are you there in the child's life? That's <laughs> right, period. It. Yeah. Nothing else. Like, no, nobody cares about anything else. Like, you know, I did wipe this child behind. Nobody cares. Did you, were you there? So for you as this dad now, what were the triumphs and challenges of fatherhood for you? A fatherhood period. Trying to. So, but the big, a big thing is understanding that being present is number one. Was that it's, a challenge? So, Okay. Not for me, because I wanted to be there. And what I'm saying, I'm not saying they're like in the lives, but just being present daily, just being influential and talking. Yeah, just going to going to the games, cooking dinner, busting in the door, jumping on the bed. You know, just being just being present that way. But I, I but we're talking about challenges. A challenge, you know, for any father with a daughter is just trying to understand, trying to understand their point of view or where they're coming from, uh, wanting to wanting to get their perspective, but not but not weighing too heavily on them with your words, because sometimes we can we as fathers can be really uh, when it comes to we want them to do it our way we only see you know we can, we can be tunnel vision but i know this is how you do it there is no other way if you do it another way it's not going to work or it's not going to happen the way i want it to happen but sometimes you have to let go and let children forge a path and sometimes it it can be amazing amazingly right and you're like wow she did that I didn't even see that coming, how she did that. Uh, sometimes it can be amazingly wrong, and you can still be like, wow, 
<laughs> she did she did that uh, but she learned from that and I learned from it too you know and now together when 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 they come back to you now okay we see what you did I see what you did but now with both of us together I think we can forge another way a better way for you to get to the uh, goals that you're trying to achieve and so yeah it was you know uh also uh talking about the uh, uh the boys the boys Ooh, how is that that is uh i i can say that from what i see because parents do not know as as you know as being a child parents don't know everything that happened all thoughts that are going through the head it was my journey was wasn't that bad i i did you know sit her down and talk about some things. And I was very candid, very candid. Uh, two eldest. Uh, with, with my middle, I should say, because I, I guess I did talk a little bit uh, to the oldest. I guess we, we did, we did have some conversations, but that was still in a time back and forth. And so I just didn't want to push her away because her having the conversations with her stepdad and mom who raised her, those conversations could push her away from them. So for me, it could really, you know, put a, yeah, something to forge, forge something between us that, you know. So I, I, did, I didn't really tackle the, those, those tough conversations with her. But for the middle child, yeah, we, we, we sat down and we ate. We, uh, we talked about it over cereal, you know, over cupcakes. You know, I just, because you just want, I, I, I want to, because you want to, you want to, you want to let her peep game, you know, you, it's different when you're when it's you and you trying to get the girls, or when it's your daughter. And now you're like, okay, baby, this is what <clears throat> this is what daddy did, <laughs> you know. Uh, and it's not even that I was a big player, player or anything like that. But I knew the game, right? And so I gave her game. Well, you know, I, I ask that because knowing you will have parents, particularly if you have parents who have a child at a later age mm-hmm. and everything. They're trying to ingratiate themselves into the child's like the child's time. Like, you know, Gen X is trying to ingratiate themselves into Gen Z. It's like, no, you really can't. Cause <laughs> they are the, the iPhone generation and you were the MTV generation. Yeah. So yeah. you should Gen X know about the typewriter and everything. Right. Millennials, we know about the typewriters. Gen Z, like, what the hell is that? So, <laughs> exactly. right, and it's like, no, no, my typewriter's right here. Right, right, All exactly. All I gotta do is swipe. My pocket. Right, it's in my pocket. <laughs> so, it's just amazing. I mean, I never forget when watching some kids in, in the classroom one time, they're telling the instructor, I came to visit an instructor friend of mine, and it was like, yeah, um, can you just text me the, the homework? I was like, what? I was like, I never heard that, you know, like, you and I both know back in, back then it's like nah you missed the homework you better get somebody gracious instructor like yo can you can you give it to me whatever right so seeing with that that you had to go ahead and put yourself into that and understanding their ways was it difficult make sure you're on top of the times that they're in or did you find that like seamless like oh yeah I know I know what you're dealing with I know. The woke generation. I know what right. you. I know about all the the texting, the sexting, and all that right, stuff. Exactly, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, was it seamless for you to do that? I would like to say that it was seamless. Uh, I would learn. You 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 learn that you don't know everything. Mm. So when you learn some TV, like 
if uh, Channel 5 is running a special about the children or some new app that the kids are using and you're learning it too off the TV, then you're late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I if Channel 5 is talking about it and you don't know about it, the kids have had it for two, three months, six months, a year. I, I don't know. So I learned that even though I thought I was cool, I thought I was up on, uh, especially with this uh, cell phone generation, things go like this. Someone can have an idea, make it an app tomorrow, but push it down, like keep it on the low, and it's just all the kids are getting it. But you don't, you don't know anything about it. No one's talking about it. It's just, you know, and, the, and it's not big enough the, the, te- the television people don't know about it or media doesn't know about it. No one knows about it. And then it just happens that a parent can kind of, kind of peep something and then be a little grumbling coming. And then that's when we learn about it nine months later, you know, <laughs> when there's 12 kids missing. And, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, because that's what, you know, because a lot of the apps were made partially probably with that in mind. Yeah, I want to be able to get in contact with these teenage girls. You know, I'm 32. You know, I want to talk to a 12 year 13-year-old. This app is perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all it takes. <laughs> that's just, all it takes. That's all it takes just to go ahead and say, hey, and then somebody's getting at you. But I think it's just the fact that to hear from a father's point of view, to be able to get to that point where it's like, all right, I understand what you're dealing with, and, I, and I'm trying to navigate to make sure I understand what you're dealing mm-hmm. with, that's, that's incredible from your end. But with now as being that father... What are the triumphs in fatherhood for Sam Martin? Like I said, the triumphs uh, are, are different for each child, uh, especially for the oldest, is just us communicating. Uh, and that's so small and so big. But, uh, uh, no, it's not. It's it's, just, that's major. <laughs> that's major, bro. It's just getting a text back. Mm. You know, <laughs> mm. you know uh, I shot a video in December, and she was a part of it. And so that was really, really cool. I, had, I invited her, and uh, I didn't even know, but the day of, she was like, okay, what's the address? I was like, okay. And so uh, just communicating, her reaching out to me about my daughter, uh, the middle girl is graduating, the oldest reaching out saying, hey, when are y'all going down there to see her graduate? I want to go. And so that's, that's, that's big. Not, not that she hasn't spent time with the family or anything, but that's in those ups and downs. And so that was, you know. Has your eldest accepted her stepsisters and have they accepted her? Oh, yeah. If, if it uh, my two youngest daughters would hang out with her every day, if that was a possibility. Yeah, they, they would. So it's, yeah, it's just uh, getting her active. You know, I know she has a family job. I mean, her own, you know, not she's not married or anything with children, but um, yeah. So I'm, 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 we're still working on that. It'll come. So explain having these three girls. What was the importance of having what you were able to learn from your grandfather, and even some things you may have learned from your from your biological father. Mm-hmm. How did those things play a role that you see play a role now being a dad? Hmm. Okay, so I would say that uh, first of all, with my with my father, I kind of learned he inspired 
but not to. He wasn't. He wasn't there for a lot of things, and so from seeing that, and 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 you see that from a lot of kids who didn't have the fathers growing up, or the fathers refused to be in their life, or and and uh, so you see, uh, a lot of kids, including me, said, "I want to do better." You know, uh, I want to have a, a better relationship there, and so yeah, um, with my with my grandfather, it was just the constant. Show showing of a family, family was so important to him, uh, and 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 the showing of love really cared for his uh, his children, and you could tell he was very proud of them. Yeah, so that's that's about. I mean, just the overall, yeah, just just love. That's 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 what I get when I talk about my my grandfather. Just a lot of love. And you see yourself transferring that over. Oh man, definitely, definitely. Uh, show of showing of a uh, showing of physical love, hugs, and just always uh, the closeness and uh, letting them know that I'm here for you. Whatever you need to talk about, uh, if you don't even want to talk, if you just want to come and chill. Or whatever, whatever you need to do, and you feel like you can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. How important is you? You said that right there. Giving the kids hugs and you no, know, a man's not supposed to do that because come on, you know, mm-hmm. particularly with girls, they can find that in other men and and even just boys too. Right. Find love in other people. Like, right. You know that's why people join these kids will join gangs right. whatever because they're looking for affection in exactly, other people. Exactly. So for you, you mentioned affection, physical affection towards the girls, a hug, a, a, a kiss, or just saying, hey, I love you, something. Right. Why is that important? Why is it that we don't see that a lot, particularly with fathers? You know, I think, so I think actually that's on the upswing. That's on the change. I think that back in the day, the um, – Maybe in the seventies and the eighties, fathers were trained up to be men were trained to be different. Um, they were trained to not cry, not you know. It was all about uh, you know, man up, man up. That's all you're man up, man up. <laughs> you know. Um, but now, uh, men, even from a younger age, you see young fathers who are uh, craving to be with their children craving to be with their daughters their sons wanting to hold them wanting to you know spend that precious time with them not afraid to be face to face with them in public in private it doesn't matter this is about us and i think so i think things are definitely definitely uh changing even even with the black fathers yeah definitely yes yeah yes, yeah and, and it's, it's a it's a it's a it's definitely a uh a love season going on family. Yes. What I see. And I, and the black fathers are rising to the occasion thing. They are doing, uh, they, they, they've seen what, how, how, how it went in the past. Um, and they're not, they're not pointing a finger. They're just saying, but that can be done better. That can be done stronger. Yeah. You can create, uh, a different bond with these kids. And so that's what's, that's what's happening. And thank you for that one. 
because you just segue into my next one right there. <laughs> when it comes to black fathers, our roles with, with families, mm-hmm. how important is it to have as head of the home? Because, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking feminism or anything, but it's mm-hmm. just the fact that we are seeing the lack of that now. Definitely. So how important is it to see a man in the home and be head of the home? So I think it, I think it is very important. I know people biblically and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not even going to touch on that. I'm just going to say that wins and we do a lot of talking and uh, women are generally okay. So, you know, we are in the land of the women are successful. They, they can be single, successful, have money, have everything. Uh, but they, they, they want to, and you know, that evil word is submit. So we won't, <laughs> but so, 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 so we won't say submit, which has been very misconstrued. Right. Exactly. Exactly. To the, to the point where you don't even want to use it because right. it just turns negative, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, uh, 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 women, I've heard so many times women say, I would love to hand over the reins to a man. I would love for him to just lead me. And it's not like lead blindly, but just have the trust to know that he is going to make the right decisions for them. Or or when he needs to speak, when he needs to involve her or speak to her, he will do that. She can trust that he will do that, that he will bring her into the decision making, you know, and or she will always be in the decision making, but she just she just needs someone to trust, you know. And um it's like when I used to ride motorcycles and I had a friend uh who would get on the back and she said she liked to get on the back of the motorcycle because she just liked to give up. She didn't have any control. She just wanted to be on the ride. She just wanted to let go and trust the driver will do what's best for the both of them mm. on the road. And that's what women in general, I'm not saying everyone, but that's what women in general would like to do. Even if they make more money, if you can, if you trust the other person to do right by you blindly, just like I don't have to question this person is going to do right by me no matter what I give them, I can give them all of me, all of what I make, all of what I am, all of what I do, and they are going to do right by me. If you can do that, and that's what women are looking for in um, in these relationships. That's what I think. Let me put that. That's what I think. Is to, um, that would be wonderful to be able to get that in the black community as well. You know, the black man... Um, being able to in these relationships and be trusted to take over the reins and do uh, the correct things in the community and for family. Going into that part, mm-hmm. like it comes to the role models mm-hmm. with the black men. How important is it to have black men as role models in the times that we're in at the moment, because if we want to call it what it is, we're seeing, as you said, we're seeing an upside, but at the same time, there's sort of a deficiency. How important is it to have black men, black fathers 
as role models in our community. It's absolutely fathers in general. Right, right. Well, it, it's absolutely everything. Role model, role models are everything, um, and we're talking about the the role models from um, who they see on TV, who they listen to on the radio, and on the you know on the iTunes and uh, the movies to uh, the man next door who is really, really the strongest role model. The neighborhood, the neighborhood joints, the people who you who they see. Every day, you know, um, very, very important. I think the problem with with society as a whole is that we're so individualized now. People don't know the neighbors. Things are made now that you don't have to know anyone. That's right. That's you right. drive up to your driveway, open the garage door, driving it closed down. The only time you might go out is to get the mail. You don't have to speak to people. People don't. People don't know. People don't know each other. People don't know each other. Um, I remember a while back. I went. I used to talk to the boys in the neighborhood, and I would. I befriended one, and well, I know I befriended a lot more than one, but one in particular. I he was uh, he wasn't doing too much, and I was like, man, you need to. You need to be working or something. He was like, man, I tried to get a job, but, you know, I, uh, the clothes and it was just, I, I, I couldn't make it happen. I said, okay, well, th this is what we'll do. We'll go in my closet. Here's some pants. Here's a shirt. I know someone who's hiring. I'm going to drive you there. You're going to get the interview because they're waiting on you. Wow. You know, and you got the job. Wow. Amazing. And, and uh, so it takes people, it takes people like that. And I'm not saying I'm everything, but just to, you know, just to try every now and, and you don't have to be like that constantly. But when you get the inkling and you see somewhere you could be a difference. Yeah. Just step in and maybe be a different. Just just talk. Just talk. A lot of these fellas and you can be role models for we're not talking about nine, 10 year olds. We're talking about 25 year olds. Yeah, who are hanging out and, but they see you going to work every day and they see, and they have a respect for you and they'll listen to you. You hold value in their eyes. So it's not just about affecting people who are so much younger, but people who hold, hold you valuable. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't ever think about that. It's not just making an impact when that child is seven, six, eight years old. Of course, that's when they're impressionable. However, teenage years, going into their 20s, you know, not every kid at their 20s was had things together. Right. You know, you're still like this very energetic 20-something-year-old, but maybe some, or you know, when you hear a 22-year-old, like, man, I'm tired. Like, tired at 22? Like, <laughs> give me 22. I, I was bouncing all over the wall. Like, <laughs> right. come on. So, but... When they can get someone who's willing to say, hey, look, let me spit some games to you and put right. you on and put you on some good stuff that can benefit you in, f in the future. And I, and I can say there's been some men that I can recall who spit some good stuff to me that now I can say, man, back then you're like, oh, man, you don't know you old. But then it's like, <laughs> man, they were right. So, yeah, it makes it makes sense then. But I mean, now, but then you're like, Nah, I couldn't, I don't really want to hear it. But, Mr. Martin, you brought up some great points in being 
what it is to be a dad. And sir, I commend you. Oh, I commend it. you. I really do. Um, just from you being brave to tell us your story. My question to you: Why do you keep your towel in fatherhood? Because because I can't give up. If throwing in the towel is giving up, and holding your towel is continue the fight, and that's what I'm here to do: continue the fight. And it doesn't matter how bloodied, how tired. How weary, you know, if I can't see, <laughs> my, both my eyes are dotted, lips swollen, I got to get up. I got to get back in the room. Martin, is there any last words you want to give? The floor is yours. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of, I've seen, I, I've seen a couple of ways that fatherhood can go. I've been privy to live and be associated with some of the best fathers that anyone could ever ask for. I don't have anything profound. I just I just want all the fathers to take the time to show love. It's it's just really that that simple. Um whether showing love is being quiet and listening, sometimes showing love is letting up and letting the relationship breathe for a minute without your without your words. Sometimes love is just a hug, a kiss. Show love. It's just that it's that simple. There you have it. So ladies and gentlemen, there it is from the mouth of a father. And sir, keep up the fight. Definitely. Keep up the fight and keep going. And brother, I am proud of you. I am proud of you. I know that that's something that does not be said to fathers at times as much. But I'm going to tell you it's one man to another. I'm proud of you. Thank you, brother. Keep it up. Keep it up. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Why I kept my towel, Father's Day edition. This is one father. We got many more to go, and you're going to hear their stories. And, man, um, and to your three ladies. Ladies, if you're listening, congratulations. Keep up the good work. Uncle Boogie's listening. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go ahead and catch Mr. Martin on any of your social media platforms. Oh, yeah. So, you can follow me. You can go to my website. It's whoisredbeard.com. Whoisredbeard.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on there brother I'm on there Music uh, Music and more Music and videos uh, Have a TaliaKids.com My youngest child is Talia And so uh, I wrote a book Have uh, several videos And several uh, songs Children's And that's on what? TaliaKids.com And spell out T-A-L-I-A K-I-D-S Dot Com Whoisredbeard.com uh, who and Talia.com Those are my um, two websites that I'm working on still. But they're, they're up. They just, they'll be definitely be ready by this time. <laughs> cool, cool. That's what's up, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to catch me on my social media platform on IG at I am Aunt Boogie 3000, at I am Aunt Boogie 3000 on Twitter, Aunt Boogie 3000 on Twitter. Aunt Boogie 3000 So ladies and gentlemen Thank you so much For listening And tuning in with me And it's been a pleasure To have my guest with me So yes It's a blessing To have him here with me But ladies and gentlemen Remember As you're in this corner I want you Particularly to all my fathers Out there Please make sure You come out that corner And don't give up this fight Alright Cause yeah folks The corner It's time for you Get out your corner Because now it's time For you to get into the ring Ladies and gentlemen Yo fathers Whatever is going on out there, remember what I always tell y'all out there as you listen to my show. 
Yes, Keeping the Towel is on SoundCloud. It's on Anchor.fm. It's also on Spotify and iTunes. So go ahead and check it out. Remember what I tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Wipe the blood. Wipe the sweat. Wipe the tears. But whatever you do, don't throw in your towel. This is your man, Ant Boogie 3000. I'll check you when I check you. I'll see you when I see you. I'm out of here. Peace.